Welcome to the Ether. Today is Saturday, March 4th, 2023. Today on the Ether, Akash Network, live from ETH Denver. Let's take a listen. Let's kick it off with Rebecca. Uh, yeah, I want to see if you could maybe give a quick introduction to uh, Saga and then um, talk a little bit about what Saga has been involved in Denver. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Adam. And thank you all for being here Saturday morning at ETH Denver. Uh, so I, I am not at the venue right now because uh, there isn't really internet available at the venue. And I wanted to make sure that I came through loud and clear for this Twitter space. Uh, but Saga is a, a chain to launch chains. So we are a layer one protocol and we allow developers to automatically get onto their own dedicated block space. Uh, we're focused on gaming and entertainment. Uh, we currently have about 140 projects that are building on Saga. By the time we get to mainnet, uh, which is going to be later this year, we anticipate that there will be about 300 projects that are on here. So super excited to be here. It's been a great week. Uh, so we've been here all week. We participated in Interop Summit, uh, which was hosted by Axelar on Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday was WallaCon. Thursday was the Shared Security Summit. And of course, ETH Denver started at that time. Um, but we've been around uh, just talking about um, shared security, interchange security. How do we uh, allow for scaling and performance in blockchains to welcome that new wave of applications that are going to be very, very user focused, uh, namely in gaming and entertainment. So it's it's been a great week. I would say in terms of vibes, um, well, it's certainly better than last year when everyone had to stand outside for COVID testing. Uh, but this year, uh, a lot of people here, and I, I think it's a great time to be in this space actually, because um, it's it's still you know a little bit quiet in the market. Uh, but we're recovering. And so people are feeling optimistic about the future. At the same time, you don't have sort of the ridiculousness of a high bull market where you have a lot of people just milling around asking when token, when airdrop, uh, what are the things that I should be buying? Uh, so you don't have that speculative frenzy. So it's it's really a lot of great builders in this space. And I've just been having a lot of great conversations this week. Awesome. Yeah. And it's been this, I, that's what I've noticed too. The, I think my favorite part is not waiting that really cold line like we did last year for the COVID testing. That's very, uh, very nice. Oh, God. <laughs> so I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, yes, we're here for a blockchain conference and we're learning, you know, about some of the themes and the cool things, but honestly, let's be honest, being out in that cold is the worst. So I'm, I'm happy we didn't have to go through that this year. <laughs> cool. I know. I know. It's, it's been pretty beautiful this week in Denver. Um, yeah, Adam, go for it, please. No, you're good. Um, cool. So next up, I uh, want to pass it over to Fraser, uh, the CEO and co-founder of Checked. Um, Fraser, yeah, what has been uh, kind of maybe a little bit on about Checked and kind of what Checked's been up to while they've been at ETH Denver? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Checked really quickly. We're building self-sovereign ID on Cosmos um, and spe specifically privacy-preserving payment rails. So the idea is 
like you should own your data. You should be the center of your data ecosystem, your data universe. Like all of that data should be under your control, whatever that is. Um, and also like a big fit for um, improving privacy, like as well as owning your data, that also means like trying to end stuff like surveillance capitalism and shift that away to, to you really have, having that control and all that privacy that you need. Um, so yeah, I think the, um, the main thing we've been doing this week is just speaking to people. Um, just like a lot of our partners are here from like, we work with a lot of self-sovereign ID vendors. Um, a lot of them are here, just interested generally in the market or came in via Ethereum and are now looking for alternatives. But it's also meeting all the people like on this call. Like it's the first time I've met Hillary, um, first time I met yourself. Um, and it's a, yeah, it's just really good to, to meet up with people and understand like what's being built out, where the kind of space is shifting and also listening into like, uh, there was like UPA, so Universal Privacy Alliance on Monday. Um, and then there's an afternoon like from four till eight this evening, like the main stage of ETH Denver is all privacy focused. So a lot of it's just been like milling around and understanding kind of where the market's heading. And it's been, I guess, pretty comforting knowing that there was an entire like day on Monday, like morning on Monday, and then an entire afternoon on the main stage today, like all focused on kind of what we're advocating for. So yeah, it's been pretty cool. And uh, again, just like meeting the likes of yourselves and uh, hopefully many more over the remaining like day and a half. Awesome. Yeah, there's just like, like we've been saying, there's so much to do. Like, if you look at most people's calendars, I'm sure there's like four events happening at the exact same time, and you just have to choose your battles. <laughs> That's very much ETH Ember in a nutshell. <laughs> Genuinely, on, on Wednesday, there were like two that I needed to get to. I found that both of them had live streams. So for like half of it, I was just sat with like two live streams open, flicking between the audio, depending on what was going on. It's the only way of getting like, <laughs> getting the content from both of them at a short time and then choosing which one to go to afterwards. I know, it's wild. Um, cool, thank you, Fraser. So I'm gonna pass it over to Dave, uh, the CTO of um, NIM. I was wondering, Dave, uh, yeah, could you maybe talk a little bit about NIM and maybe what NIM's been up to here at ETH Denver? Sure, so uh, NIM is a privacy system which defends you from network eavesdropping, uh, sort of like Tor, but uh, maybe slightly newer take on that on that. And it also has a privacy preserving credential system, which we're about to be launching in the next few weeks. So that's like, uh, again, again, private payments for services, uh, as well as things like we can we can do things like uh, privacy preserving KYC. So uh, stuff like that. Uh, we're also right now in the process of launching um, our blockchain, which so far has been running the privacy system, but has been kind of closed and run by a permission validator set. Uh, so we're planning to open that up and we're in the process of opening that up um, as a, a general purpose Cosmwasm smart contract system, which will have the privacy features of the NIM privacy system and also have some other cool features for people who want to run um, Cosmwasm smart contracts. So yeah, I don't know, our, my, my experience has been uh, pretty cool actually. I mean, the main conference is on the surface is kind of a melange of corporate booths and uh, you know, unicorn, symbol symbolism and uh, all of that um but i mean in some ways i think it's been kind of a fun year this year because the i mean it's terrible to say but the the sort of collapse of m many of the more scammy uh, elements has really cleaned out the space again and i i kind of find it heartening in a way because the, the people who really care are are still around and they're still doing stuff and all of the win token stuff has somewhat evaporated i think the 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 high point of the craziness for me, though, was the uh, Shiba Inu Lamborghini. Uh, that was, uh, I don't know if everybody saw that, but that was a pretty wild thing. 
Yeah, I, I uh, so I didn't see it this year. I saw, is it here this year? I remember last year I saw it. It was parked outside it's one of the here, conference yeah. centers. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was quite a moment. I, I was quite blown away by that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I guess the, cool. the highlights the highlights of I think so far for me have definitely been the the UPA summit, which is a great discussion on privacy. Uh, our our we've we've had a, our lawyer Ahmed talking on uh, surveillance capitalism and the legalities of writing cryptographic code to try to help defend people in the space. Um, we presented some really nice good work that uh, people have been doing, not us, some of it us, some of other people on uh, in making uh, Helios and MetaMask more private by integrating it with uh, better network uh, privacy protections. And uh, personally, I really had a great uh, a great time. I was on a panel discussion with uh, Althea Evmos and Secret on the state of play for attracting developers to the Cosmos ecosystem, which I, I found really enjoyable personally. So, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely get into some questions around um, uh, like Cosmos influence here at East Denver, but um, thank you, Dave. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna move it right along to uh, Hillary, the CMO of Evmos. Hillary, I'd love for you to maybe go into kind of what Evmos is for folks that aren't aware and what Evmos has been up to at East Denver. Sure. So Evmos is really an EVM stack designed for cross-chain application development, um, incorporating advanced features like inter-blockchain communications, so it's the IBC, um, and interchain accounts from the Cosmos SDK. And we really allow developers to leverage those tools for building the cross-chain applications of the future. Um, the Evmos SDK, which is, uh, you know, we announced right before East Denver and kind of honed in on this a lot during uh, all of our speaking engagements, um, but the Evmos SDK is a rebrand of Ethermint for those who are familiar with Ethermint. Um, and that will simplify the process of launching new EVM chains um, and facilitating the growth of specialized block space where uni unique applications can be created. Um, and this really just provides a stable home for developers looking to escape kind of the confines of siloed uh, blockchains um, and really uh, gives developers the power of IBC. Uh, thankfully, we had a, a really, I would say, a really nice slate of conference appearances for Evmos. And, and quite a few prompt sponsorships, including, you know, the Cosmos on Tap and uh, the Axelar Interop Summit, which was fantastic. And we really tried to sort of spread the speaker well around different Evmos team members. So folks who weren't really as aware of Evmos were able to hear not only from founders, but, you know, we had our head of BD who gave a talk. Uh, we had our governance team gave a talk at the pit uh, for Inco Club um, and a lot more. Um, in terms of, I'd say, like, kind of like conference ethos, I, I definitely echo what uh, Rebecca said in terms of having a lot more positivity this year um, and having a lot more kind of active engagement as opposed to like, a, a, you know, peak bull market conferences that are just kind of crazy uh, hedonistic affairs, I'd say. Um, and I would say in terms of the bear market, uh, a lot more positivity than, than we saw at the end of the conference circuit last year. Uh, so that was really nice. Excellent. Yeah, I definitely agree with both you guys on the vibes. It's been really solid vibes, um, especially, you know, just not most of us work from home or remote and just getting around people, um, even if things were way off, like way worse than they were in crypto. I think it's just nice to be around other builders and seeing what people are building. So, yeah, I completely totally, agree with totally. the, good, the good vibes this year. Um, cool. And then our, our final guest is uh, Prashant. Uh, he is the uh, CTO, or sorry, the co-founder of Spheron. Um, Prashant, I would love for you to maybe dive into what Spheron is and what Spheron's been up to here at ETH Denver. Sure. Thank you so much, Adam. And uh, glad like we made it here to the today space, not being at the venue, because the venue is like kind of no internet zone area. I don't know why they have created that. But looking forward to meeting you guys as well. 
So yeah, coming to Strayon first, uh, as I said, like so, our our aim and agenda is to bring next millions of developers utilizing Web three infrastructure. That is what at Strayon we are kind of working towards by making sure developer have a nice developer experience tools getting built around a cache network, getting built around uh, Filecoin, getting built around all of our partner network out there. That is what at Strayon we do. Uh, we make sure like all the developers has a really nice experience. And some of the things which I have kind of uh, while I was there during the event. A uh, few of things which I realized, like I was there at the Fluence event and I was presenting Spheron. I just showcased to the people like how easy to access a cache network via Spheron. And then when I got over down from the stage, many developers just came to me and they said like, hey, you know what? We are going to use that, use use the platform to, to spin up our new compute on top of Akash via you guys. So it was a great experience for me so far. Uh, like we loved how Spheron is kind of changing the way uh, developer tooling has been designed and the user experience around it. For me specifically, I'm, 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 it's, it was my first time to the States. I just wanted to look around. Uh, it's like how exactly the entire event is looking like. What is the vibe kind of? And uh, frankly speaking, the vibe is kind of great. Lot of awesome developers out here building some some of the cool stuff. And um, I'm I'm kind of really amazed to see like how many of them are going to be the users of Spheron going forward and down the line. And of course, the users of Akash Network and all of our partners as well. So yeah, that is uh, that is what we have been doing at, at Spheron and, and trying to do make sure like a lot of new developers are not using Wordle anymore. They should use Spheron for, for web hosting and compute. Yeah, I agreed with you on the uh, the Wi-Fi at the conference. I'm a little bummed. It's not as uh, strong as I was hoping, but um, I talked to a couple of the organizers and I know they were looking into it. It was not expected. These kind of things happen at you know community-owned conferences and given the size and scope of the event, um, things like that are definitely to be expected, but it's still, you know, still kind of a bummer, especially for the folks that want to participate in the hackathon and be around one another. But um, good stuff for the conference. I want to kind of maybe jump into themes of this year's event. So last year, uh, I would I would argue that there were kind of two big themes. Um, a lot of conversations and and topics of the the talks were around DAOs, um, and there were still like some talks around NFTs. And this year, I would say that conversations and and conference uh, talks were really around identity, privacy, and um, interoperability, which I'm really excited about, especially being in the Cosmos space. Um, I wanted to see if you guys had uh, any thoughts on some of the themes you noticed for this year's events. Um, so I'll maybe kick it off with uh, Rebecca on her thoughts. Yeah, <clears throat> thanks so much, Adam. No, I, I definitely agree with you that those are the, the major themes that are coming through at this conference. Um, in terms of the interoperability piece, I mean, so many people are starting to, to think about the wider modular thesis about blockchains. And we're um, at ETH Denver, so it's a celebration of Ethereum, uh, but obviously all the other ecosystems are participating as well. And I think what we're seeing is even when a particular chain uh, gets critical adoption, it needs help from other ecosystems and the technology that comes from those ecosystems as well, their communities. And a big part of this conference was figuring out, okay, how do we all work together? What, how does this whole puzzle come together? And um, interoperability is a big piece of that. So obviously the, the Interop Summit, Axel are moving uh, from Miami to Denver this year. That was uh, a really critical piece in making sure that that part of the conversation came to the forefront. And I think that has flowed through to things about shared security with Eigenlayer and Babylon. Uh, and then at the wider ETH Denver Summit. So it's, um, yeah, it, it's really encouraging to see projects start to think about this more seriously because this is ultimately where we want to go with Web3. 
Um, you may have your loyalties and your passions about certain ecosystems and tokens, but ultimately we want to make applications that are very user-friendly and interoperability is critical to that. Uh, so very encouraging to see that ZK had a breakout moment um, this conference. I think everyone is waiting for that ZK moment when it is cheap enough and efficient enough uh, for, for people to use as a scaling solution. I don't think we're there yet, uh, but I, I can see that this community continues to push for it. So that's also very encouraging. Yeah, I feel like this year Babylon really kind of had a big showing. Um, and we've been working with Babylon on a, a handful of things. But um, yeah, that's that's actually an additional theme I would include in top of identity, privacy, and interoperability, security. So completely agree with you there, Rebecca. Mm. Um, Hand it over to uh, Fraser. Yeah, I wanted to see if uh, you had any thoughts on kind of some of the key themes, some of the things that you noticed here at this year's conference. I think it's exactly the ones that you covered, like identity, privacy, security, trust, that kind of stuff. And um, hoping Dave will agree with me, but like it's really, really refreshing after probably years of banging our heads against the wall saying like, this is a problem and it needs fixing. And most of the crypto community be like, oh, it's fine. Like we're not so worried. And now it finally feels like there's a watershed moment where everyone's like, oh, this like on ledger transactions and visibility like is a genuine problem and we need to fix it and we need to fix it like pretty sharpish. Um, and some of that you're seeing through like a general general like privacy narrative. But like like Rebecca said, there's been a huge, huge thing on ZKs. Um, and I think it kind of like started emerging around like Dev Bogota last like DevCon in Bogota last year. Um, and then it just seems to have got stronger and stronger. So like I think I heard from someone ZK Day had like three thousand people there, which is crazy. Um, really, really solid attendance. And then you're seeing like loads and loads of sessions at the main conference covering as well. So it's definitely having a moment. And I think that awareness is going to grow and grow, especially when when like Rebecca was saying like you're coming through and like the price to use that technology is reducing. And therefore I think the narrative and the fact that the costs are reducing to use it and like the dev, the like the dev experience is also getting easier. It means that it's all going to kind of like filter through and just, I would hope become like pretty de facto over the next couple of years in, in terms of like how people start building, which is like they're almost have starting to have an assumption of like designing privacy by default. Like if you're building out a product, just assume that like as much of it should be private until you need to make something public or share something with someone else. So I'm I'm really hoping that this is the watershed moment. Um, yeah, I, I think those are the main things. Like you, you kind of covered off all those topics, and I think just the sheer number of sessions that are covering off them is is kind of testament to like what's coming through. Yeah, absolutely, and kind of keeping with the So I would love to actually hand it over to Dave and there's any kind of key themes you noticed, and maybe especially from the privacy side of things, what you kind of noticed at this year's event. Yeah, well, I see. I think we can certainly see um, at this year's event a, an explosion of interest in privacy technology. I think that's partly because people who are in the blockchain space want to defend defend themselves, uh, and that, that's that's definitely one driver for it. Um, you know, both both personally and at a project level. But I think it's also notable that a lot of the discussion on privacy is also um, focused on a wider conversation about surveillance capitalism, the way you know Google and Facebook fund themselves with. The, Basically, they're just gigantic surveillance machines. Um, and so some of the conversation has actually not just been focused on the blockchain space per se, but also on defending the wider Internet, which I also find really interesting and really heartening, actually, because uh, that's not a given that that would happen. Um, I don't know. Some some of the other things that, I, that I've seen, certainly there's been a lot of talk about developer experience. Uh, one, of the, one, of, one of my personal feelings about that is that... Uh, 
we should be thinking about developer experience, not just in terms of tools like, oh, yeah, it would be easier if I could upload this smart contract, for example, in a nice graphical interface or something like that. Um, but also thinking about why people like to write computer programs and why is it, you know, how, how can we attract people um, on that basis? My, my personal feeling is that the... Um, the, the, the fun part of writing open source code and sharing code with people, people feel like this is they're making a general contribution to a better society. And I think if we keep that in mind as we try to attract developers into our ecosystem that, hey, it's not just about, I don't know, some kind of uh, token token uh, token scam or something like that, that it's like there's a wider thing that we're actually trying to do, which is we want to make the world a better place. I think that that is a key part of uh, attracting developers. And then lastly, back to the privacy thing, I think a lot of people think that privacy is primarily a, a conversation about civil rights. And it is it is a conversation about civil rights. But it's worth, I think, understanding that um, privacy uh, and cryptographic technologies over the last 25 years have actually been a key enabler for business adoption of network technologies. So if you don't have uh, uh, SSL, for example, to protect your web services, you, you don't have anybody using credit cards on the internet. I think we may be at the same kind of point with blockchain systems now where actually the, the privacy aspects of things will, are, are, are going to be as uh, critical for that. And it's possible that better privacy controls may actually allow business adoption from legacy businesses to come into the blockchain space. Because I, I think that most businesses are probably very uncomfortable about just putting their entire business on an open ledger, for instance, and thinking about that actually could, could get some real gains for adoption as well. So I think my audio and uh, just had a <laughs> sudden uh, collapse of Twitter. So I apologize for that. Um, Web two issues. <laughs> so let me um, try to get some more folks on this call and we can kind of do a couple more questions before we wrap things up. Hey, Fraser, can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can now. I think uh, I've had a few messages in the background, like we've all been rugged. Um, yeah, I know. I know. Now I'm, I'm trying. So let me try working on um, connecting the other speakers here, see if we can get other folks to join. Um, give me one second while we get some more folks in. Sorry about that, everyone. It just cut out entirely on me. Um, Web2 problems. So let me add the other speakers. We made it back. We're back. <laughs> All right, give me one second. I, I reckon Adam's actually in the conference and he's on the local, like on the Wi-Fi. That's what's gone wrong. That's what's all gone wrong here. <laughs> There's a secret. There's a secret uh, OKX Wi-Fi. I won't say it out loud, but... but <laughs> It doesn't like. I find it doesn't work half the time. Plus, there's that like, um, you're at a crypto conference, and the only Wi-Fi is provided that's like super sketchy, has no like password on it, and no security as far as I can tell. So no wonder half the people aren't using it either. Super sus. Never, never, never connect that Wi-Fi. That is something <laughs> has to be done. <laughs> yeah. Or else your your seed phrase will be out in the market. Exactly. Like it's uh, if anyone's ever seen Silicon Valley and the bit where they like take all the pineapples around tech yeah. lunch, just try to yeah. like <laughs> that's exactly what's happening here. Uh, also, I think the photo that was sent to me of the Wi-Fi capture, it was like a sign that was hand drawn and it looked like it was in the garage. So I don't know if that raises the level of sketchiness, but I think it does. Oh my god. Let me see. Can you guys hear me all right right now? Just double checking. Yeah, perfectly. 
It's better. Yep. Okay. So I can't get my earbuds to work. That's fine. I only have a couple more questions. I think some of the other folks might've had to jump off. Um, so sorry for everyone listening in. Sorry I had to restart this, but uh, <laughs> we'll keep moving on. Um, so yeah, I wanted to maybe uh, wrap up the kind of themes of this year's conference, maybe with Prashant. Um, I wanted to see if you kind of noticed any themes outside of, you know, identity, privacy, interoperability. So there is one thing which was very interesting happening um, when I was, since I've been here since 26th, um, and I'd be like more hanging around with around the developers and kind of like trying to see like what they are kind of uh, using. Yeah, privacy, security, and all of those things are the part for sure this this year team. Um, but one interesting cool thing is also is like now in this conference when when uh, all of these developers are building, they are also looking around the developer experience tools out there. And um, frankly speaking, like even before that, I have I visited a couple of more events and I could not find developers like talking about hey you know what. If I'm building this application, I should be using some of the Web3 stuff to make that happen, uh, not to move to any kind of a virtual or any kind of a centralized version of it, right? Let's say, um, so today, a lot of, lot of folks who I have discussed with, like they were also building on the Lens protocol. And while they were building that on the Lens as well, they kind of uh, were thinking about is like, how can I shape my entire application uh, end to end to a decentralized ecosystem without a lot of, uh, like you, you always are going to have a, centralized component as a domain, but is it like possible to make my, the last resort on a decentralized ecosystem? So that thought process was like kind of earlier, it was not even there, but now I'm kind of seeing that happening, which means like we are going, we are, we are doing a great job in terms of educating people around Web3, Web3 infrastructure as such. So that is something which is kind of very interesting to me. And then um, I was at a Fluence workshop, which is, which, which I believe you guys also must, must be knowing. They are building the peer-to-peer uh, computational uh, thing for serverless computing and all of those things. So, um, love to see like how many developers also like came up during that uh, event as well. And uh, they started asking a lot of questions around like why uh, the decentralized computer is important, why serverless computation is, is kind of needed. Um, and this is what I personally loved about it, is like as a developer, we, we just don't have to just talk about always the blockchain. The blockchain is something which is the end resort for all of those things, what we do in and out, right? It's a, it's a pathway where we, we run every, every day, but we, we forget to talk about the cars. We, we forget to talk, we talk about all of the uh, metrics which also goes into. So this time I, I, can, I can see like, so a lot of developers have been talking about it and most likely next year, um, one, once I'm also there and back to Denver again, we'll be more heavy around the three infrastructure. So maybe we'll make sure like more people are talking about uh, data redundancy getting created over a decentralized infrastructure rather than a centralized infrastructure. Uh, more web application getting pushed, more search engine getting built, uh, more uh, social profile getting created over a decentralized infrastructure. So that is what, like I have seen. Um, so yeah, that is that is my take so far. Apart from um, identity and security. Yeah, I know. I did notice a lot around social graph as well. I'm glad you kind of brought that up. I think that's really an interesting thing that people have been talking about here. Um, and I wanted to kind of maybe wrap up the ideas of themes with uh, Hillary over at Evmos. And we talked about interoperability, and really that's kind of what Evmos is about. So I wanted to see what you kind of noticed as in terms of themes at this year's conference. Yeah, totally. So obviously, Rebecca and Fraser both had really great points on ZK, and particularly the theme of privacy, which we saw a lot of this year. Um, I'll spotlight then, you know, another key theme for Evmos and me personally, which is that this conference seemed really about strengthening and reigniting already existing and foreign partnerships while trying to open up to new participants and builders. And kind of, I'll just say, like honing in on this sentiment that the pie is big and communicating that there's not this need to be so battle ready, competitive with other chains. 
uh, fostering a sense of partnership and ways to work together, not against one another, was was super big for us. I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, Scott Lewis, who's the CEO of Kanto, posted a photo to Twitter with uh, Evmos uh, co-founder Nixie. And he just put a simple uh, line there that was like Kanto x Evmos. Um, I don't know if you've, you've been following along the madness there on Twitter, uh, but you'll know kind of what a simple but profound statement that was. Uh, overall, I'd say folks were super excited about what they're building, ready to connect with other ecosystems in that spirit of interoperable and cross-chain future. I'd say IBC interest and building such deploying cross-chain is at an all-time high as well, which is is fantastic for FMOS. Yeah, I uh, definitely, I think that's a really positive sentiment that the image that was put up on Twitter between the uh, Kanto and Evmos folks. So yeah, I completely agree. Um, I have a couple more questions before we kind of wrap things up here today, but I, I wanted to talk about kind of Cosmos influence at ETH Denver. So last year, there were a handful of Cosmos events. I know CryptoCito was out here. We attended a Cosmos meetup. There were a few other kind of Cosmos activities, but this year, I mean, we had uh, the Interop Summit. We had uh, a meetup Massive. that we put together with. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I was just saying it was massive. Oh, yeah, huge, huge. Um, we had a meetup that we put on with, you know, folks from NIM and Evmos and Akash and Secret Network and a few others. Um, so I wanted to kind of get your guys' take on what was the Cosmos influence here at East Denver this year. Maybe we'll uh, start it off with Fraser. I think it's kind of what you said. Like, it's just been everywhere. Um, like, and I think it was kind of what Hillary was saying, which is there seems to be this more openness to like even at Ethenfer like Maine there's a like a huge openness to like looking at other networks looking at other protocols and actively building out but also use like using stuff like IBC or bridges like there's there's so much stuff going on and I think a lot of it's been driven by if you if you look at the if you look at look there if you look at a lot of the Denver like main sessions, a lot of them are complaining about stuff that is an issue on Ethereum that we're solving elsewhere. And so I think that's this general narrative, which like there's loads of people who are like, oh, we need to like improve Ethereum. But there's also, I think, a growing awareness that's like, oh, well, we could just go and build on like Evmos. Like we could get a lot of the benefits of, of like everything that Ethereum brings in terms of tooling and stuff, but do it in somewhere where like gas fees are drastically lower and, and this will all just work out and like maybe finalities quicker. So I think that's been one of the major drivers is like kind of pushing people that way. And then like credit to all the teams who organized events here. Like it's, there's been just so, so many things to get to. And I understand for speaking to most of them, like pretty much all of them were oversold or like oversubscribed by like 10 times, um, which is nuts. Um, so I know that a lot of the events were like turning people away and we're doing this at like a conference that's meant to be about Ethereum. And yet, like all the Cosmos events have been completely oversold. So it's been really, really refreshing. And I've not heard many, like, well, I've not heard any like dissent about like Cosmos be being a great place to develop. And uh, I think we'll maybe touch onto it later, but like it's the, the differences between like Ethereum main and like the Cosmos like events. Of maybe just so thankful that that's where I'm building rather than Ethereum, but maybe we'll cover that off a little bit later. Yeah, com completely. I agree in terms of being oversubscribed, like lines out the door, every event has been packed. Um, and it's funny, I saw I actually attended briefly a uh, Polkadot meetup, and I just, <laughs> I'll be frank, I, I'm total transparency, I'm not uh, completely familiar with everything going on in Polkadot. But it didn't seem like there was that much um, excitement and kind of full house and people just kind of vibing on each other. 
And at Cosmos, I feel like there's Ethereum folks, there's Cosmos folks, all kind of connecting and kind of trying to figure out ways to work together more and partner more. So I was pretty excited about that. Um, wanted to ask uh, Hillary on, on kind of what you noticed, like what was the kind of uh, the general vibe in terms of all the Cosmos activities you saw here at Denver? Yeah, I think Fraser really hit the nail on the head there. Uh, and so did you, I mean, I would say reiterate like Cosmos projects tend to stick together. Uh, but obviously we opened the fold to all players, which is super indicative of the ecosystem, ecosystem itself. Um, but no, super, super exciting week. I know Fraser and I were joking the whole time. We were like, you know, we had never met in person before. And we were like, oh, okay. From Monday to Friday, we were in an eight hour uh, schedule of seeing each other. We'd see each other in the morning for breakfast. Uh, then we'd go take a nap in the middle of the day and we'd see each other at another event at night. So it was, it was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As much rest as possible. Like I'm like, we were talking about how the Wi-Fi at the conference isn't that strong. I'm actually using this at my Airbnb before heading to the conference. Cause I didn't, I just didn't trust the conference for Wi-Fi. Um, but yeah, Prashant, I wanted to kind of see if you had any thoughts on kind of the general cosmos, uh, ecosystem activities you noticed here at East Denver. I think that after, after each, you can find cosmos only. <laughs> so, so it's, it's everywhere. So, uh, couple of questions which I actually asked to a lot of people here, like uh, like when when they were building in, into into the main uh, the builders event uh, into the Denver, and a lot of folks were building on Cosmos as well. And then uh, my question was like, uh, since I kind of and I kind of asked a lot of questions to developers as well to understand why they are choosing to build on top of certain chains, why why they are just going, why they are not just building on some other chain as well. So uh, one of the my question was like, uh, hey, uh, wh why did you choose to go for Cosmos and uh, most of them, the response was like, the community is, is awesome. It's, it's flourishing. You just go and ask one question. They, you will you'll get tons of answers back. And then there is a direct founders support as well in a couple of chains on the Cosmos side, uh, including Saga, which uh, which is not live, I believe. They are, they are currently working on to make that happen. Um, so a lot of these people are vibing. All, all the developers are vibing, not because just the... Uh, because the, you know, on the Cosmos, you have lesser gas fees, but also is a lot of support, which these developers are kind of getting. The second part, which I've also experienced is like um, the inter-chain uh, communication layer, which Cosmos has by default. So today, if you go to different other chains, you don't have all of those things, which the flexibility, which Cosmos has. So now let's say if I have, so one of the guys I have been talking to, they were building over Cosmosis and um, they were doing something around that and they were building some kind of communication protocol. I asked them, like, why, why you just chose to uh, Cosmos? They said, like, hey, you know what? In the future, if you go for, let's say, you, if you have a tens of uh, hundreds of chains, which are getting built together and, and they all are sovereign to itself, it's, it makes more sense to build out of Cosmos because now you can emit the messages from one chain to another chain without even having to trust any other third parties to make that happen. So such kind of a thing which I have realized over the entire, entire my journey into the Denver across the Cosmos ecosystem and I personally have been pumped to see like how, how cool the community has been so far at Cosmos Ecosystem. Excellent. So, um, oh, we got Rebecca back in here. Let me add her as a speaker and get her quick thoughts on, uh, give me one second, on kind of the Cosmos kind of um, ecosystem uh, presence uh, at Youth Denver compared to last year. You know, we were saying it's much, much bigger this year with Interop Summit, the meetups that were being held, conversations happening between Ethereum folks and Cosmos folks. So I would love to get your thoughts, Rebecca, on kind of what was the general kind of Cosmos ecosystem presence here at Youth Denver before we wrap things up with my final question. Hey, Adam, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> so once Twitter ended it, I just, yeah, um, 
took me a little while to get back in, but uh, thank you, Adam, for for letting us back. So um, I would say that, uh, you know, my general feeling um, hasn't changed about Ethereum and Cosmos relationships. Uh, so I think that uh, Cosmos has wonderful technology. Um, all of us building in the space know that. I think that uh, where um, uh, Ethereum wants to go is actually very similar to the Cosmos vision, which is that ultimately we need modularity in order to um, scale out blockchain uh, as as a greater ecosystem. And so um, Ethereum has the community. Obviously, they have the adoption. They have the critical mass. Uh, Cosmos has the technology. There's so, so many ways in which we can work together. And I think that both sides are, are definitely starting to, to see that, um, definitely with a proliferation of EVM chains on Cosmos, uh, much more tooling for Ethereum, um, much more um, uh, aggressive advocacy for things like IBC or other cross-chain communication uh, with Ethereum, bridging, et cetera. Uh, and so I, I think that we're beginning to bring our technology from the Cosmos ecosystem for the benefit of uh, of Ethereum um, and, and other ecosystems as well, but concentrating on Ethereum this time around. So it's it's really, really encouraging to see. And I mean, it really bears out the, um, the long-term game plan uh, for a lot of Cosmos leadership when they first conceived of the ecosystem, which is that Cosmos SDK, which is the tool by which you can launch your own individual chain, that's, that's wonderful. That's a great technology stack, but the signature achievement of Cosmos is IBC. And the ability to, bring the benefits of our technology stack to another ecosystem um, is really through that communication channel. Uh, and so IBC becomes critical for for that purpose. Uh, and, and we're seeing that come to fruition in so many of these partnerships uh, that have been announced here, partnerships that we at Saga announced earlier this year with respect to Celestia and Polygon as well. Uh, so yeah, this, this is becoming a, a really, really exciting space. Um, I think that I would watch for before we wrap up is as Ethereum thinks more about scaling, as they think more about rollups as a service and decentralization of those rollups, I think they inevitably have to look to Cosmos in order to find the technology necessary to achieve that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm going to add Dave here for maybe his quick thoughts on Cosmos at ETH Denver. Kind of what are some of the, the key events and things that you've attended and noticed compared to maybe last year's event? And maybe we can quickly do a, a quick around the horn because I did. I know we're running we're running up on time, and my final question is more of a fun question. But I, I wanted to maybe even breach the subject of optimism and their kind of layer two stack that they're building because it's kind of uh, similar to what's happening here at Cosmos. Um, I've been trying to connect with some other Cosmos folks just to kind of get their thoughts on it. Haven't heard uh, much yet, but um, I think over the next few months, we're going to hear a lot between what Optimism is doing and what Cosmos has been doing, because it's kind of a similar vibe. Um, but yeah, Dave, I wanted to see if you could maybe talk a little bit about the Cosmos ecosystem kind of activities you've noticed here at East Denver. Uh, well, I was uh, very uh, privileged to have a quick, very, very quick chat with uh, the Cosmwise people, and, and they're, they're kind of—I uh, think they're kind of heroic. I think they've—they've they've made a, quite an amazing system. Um, unfortunately, my tactic of pre-pre-panel uh, cushioning my nervousness with multiple beers and then forgetting to eat supper meant that I was pretty wasted when I ran into them. So, uh, I'm, I'm actually gonna—I'm hoping to to talk to uh, talk to those guys again today, uh, and be in somewhat better condition. Uh, and that—that was—that—that—that uh, that, that, that I think is. Uh, 
is, is going to be really fun. Uh, I actually ran into um, a guy named Stefan from Oak Security who did an excellent audit um, on our on our code base. And I had a really fun talk with him about distributed systems and the general state of Cosmos and all of that kind of thing. So, yeah, that was uh, that was for me, I think, the two the two coolest uh, things so far. Excellent. So I know we're a little over on time and, and Twitter broke out, broke on us for a minute. So I'm going to wrap it up with kind of a fun final question for everyone to quick around the horn. But really, I feel like ETH Denver at its core is kind of a celebration of, of crypto. Yes, it's called ETH Denver and, you know, it's been traditionally about Ethereum. But as we've discussed today, there are other chains, other projects, interoperability is a big part of this year's ETH Denver. And being that it's a celebration of crypto, uh, I wouldn't feel right. And I asked this last year without asking the question, what was your favorite after party? <laughs> um, last night, I attended the Boys Club event. They've done a fantastic job of curating a fantastic community of individuals that are really doing cool things inside of crypto. So I wanted to maybe do a quick around the horn for my final question on what was your favorite after party event? And uh, let's, let's maybe first go to Frazier. Oh, I'm so, um, I think purely because it was combining stuff that I love, like craft beer and generally talking about like tech and stuff in a really amazing, like beautiful location. Uh, Cosmos on tap. Um, it was just full of like really cool people, no shilling, and just really relaxed chats about like cool stuff. Although I have to say, like Meow Wolf earlier in the week for like pure venue was just spectacular. Like whoever came up with that place is probably both a genius and like extremely high when that happened. So I'd probably I'd probably say those two for very very different reasons. <laughs> yeah, Meow Wolf is wild. There's a handful of them around the around the US. I've I've been in one in Vegas and I went to I went to the one here in Denver last year and I completely agree. That place, if you get a chance, go check out Meow Wolf. <laughs> um it's either like the factory of dreams or nightmare fuel and it very much depends on which mindset you go into it with. Yes, ab absolutely. Um cool. Uh next up, let's go to Hillary. What was your favorite after party? Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. I just wanted to jump on that, uh, the echoing the male wolf sentiment. I thought that Akbar interrupt summit after party was absolutely fantastic. I think the shout out there, uh, Fraser was like, I don't know who came up with the idea, but it goes to James, who heads up BD at Axelar. Um, that after party was so much fun. The venue was crazy. Um, DJ was fantastic. Uh, they, I loved the, Edmos was a sponsor of that, that event as well. And they had, at one point, they had uh, probably one of the coolest kind of sponsor elements they had a like a rotating disco ball of all the team's logos um and that was just so cool uh we we threw like a, a post event vid up on the utmost twitter so you could check that out there if you if you if you, if you weren't there in person to see the venue um but it was absolutely fantastic so that was my favorite yeah yeah that was that was a that was a really good it's almost hard to really pinpoint my favorite one and i completely agree there have been so many good after parties but um Going to uh, let's hand it over to Rebecca. What was your, what would you say is your fate was your favorite after party? You know, I, I think there is a consensus coming together here that Meow Wolf was amazing. Um, and you're right, Adam, that there are several locations throughout the U.S. So definitely encourage people to check those out. But um, if you think crypto people are creative, and we are a very creative bunch, uh, Meow Wolf is just another level of inspiration. And so yeah, I I mean I I really loved it there, and it was it was so um, exhaustingly creative in a way that there's actually there's a picture floating around which I'll probably share on Twitter at some point. But my co-founder Jen Kwan and I, we were uh, we were so overwhelmed that we found this like little 
I guess, couch made out of books. And we just kind of like passed out on it. Um, and then some very nice person uh, from, um, I want to say it was uh, Covalent or, or one of those um, data indexers. They, they came around and they took a picture of it and they threatened to post it. And I was like, okay, this, this, this is great. Uh, but that's, yeah, that, that was my favorite. Yeah, I, I'm hoping uh, in future uh, ETH Denver events, more activities happen at Meow Wolf and they can plug in some more crypto activities there, maybe scan a QR code and get a pull up or something. But yeah, completely agree. Meow Wolf is wild. It's like a mini Burning Man in a way. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> um, exactly. Um, so as Frazier, Hillary, Rebecca, let's go over to uh, Prashant. What would you say uh, was your favorite after party here at ETH Denver? Frankly speaking, I have not attended much. <laughs> the, the, reason, the, the reason being is like most of these after like I've been early into a couple of events as well so in the after parties like it's good to go ahead and rent but it becomes more exhaustive uh, and since I traveled from Dubai to uh, here in, in the US so I, I just tried myself to uh, to more of a private parties uh, so I've been like a couple of uh, private parties like uh, done from some of the venture partners who we work with um, so those I can mention I don't know like how many of you have been there uh, but I loved one I went to, uh, which was uh, the Filecoin happy hours at the, around, it, it happened from 7 to 9 p.m. That was cool because a lot of intra guys were there and we, I was like more involved into that. And um, yeah, that is that is totally my party, which I have went through and then rest in it Denver, no, nothing yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's difficult, you know, everyone. Oh, whoops. Sorry, I think I cut out. Let's wrap it up with the uh, the favorite after parties with uh, Dave. What was your favorite after party? Uh, I think for me, it was Cosmos on tap. I think it's rare that I'm sitting in a pub with uh, like really good craft beer and uh, talking with uh, someone who's world class at doing censorship circ circumvention. So like uh, that, that experience, I think for me was uh, was fantastic. I really liked it. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll be here next year. We'll probably do another uh, Cosmos on Tap event that was really well attended. Lots of great activities that happened there. So um, with that, uh, I know we're way over on time and Twitter broke and all sorts of uh, technical issues. Wi-Fi wasn't working at the conference, but um, I want to thank you guys for joining. And maybe we'll do a quick one more final quick around the horn. Any kind of uh, things folks can look forward to this year at your projects or anything that uh, ways to get in touch with you? And let's maybe go to uh, Fraser first. Sure. Uh, easiest way to like, get involved with me, just DM me either on Twitter or Telegram. Um, so on Telegram, I'm dubious bit. Here you'll be able to find me. Um, and I think the biggest thing for us is we'll be releasing our USB in probably a couple of months, which is basically privacy preserving payments um, for SSI. And then the second bit is uh, we're building out something around like, ah, oh, yeah, basically we're building something out for communities. I can't say much more than that. Um, so I can see like a community manager and I had a marketing who'll kill me if I say what it is. Um, but we should have that out in like the next couple of months as well with a focus on like potentially eliminating fraud in Discord and Telegram, which I like, and scamming. So yeah, looking forward to that. And uh, I guess the rest of it is like meeting everyone else up at, uh, at events like this. Excellent. Let's go over to uh, Hillary. What can folks look forward to from Evmos and how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, so you'll see us at Consensus. We're going to do kind of like a big cross-chain builders summit uh, with a with a major after party after that. Um, more details, TBD, and we'll be coming soon. Um, in terms of getting in touch with us, you know, you can DM me on Twitter anytime. We've got the Evmos Twitter. Uh, you can hit up any of the founders on Twitter as well. We have our community calls every, every Tuesday. Um, if you're looking to, you know, get funds to build, we have our grants program. So DM us about that. 
Um, otherwise, we will see all of you friends at Consensus. Excellent. Yes, we'll definitely connect on the Akash side about Consensus. Um, and then uh, let's hand it over to Prashant. What are some uh, things folks can look forward to this year from Spiron and um, how can folks get in touch with you? There are a lot of things. So if uh, if you're if you're building on Akash, if you're building all of the platforms, uh, shoot us an email. We're more than happy to support you whatever way it is possible. We are releasing our SDKs. We are releasing our new CLIs, which is going to spin, which is going to help developers a lot to spin up their compute and all of those things within just few lines of a code. So a lot of development thing, which is going to be uh, kicking in. Uh, but with that said, is like there are a few more things which we are currently working on. Uh, we are currently supporting a lot of uh, gamers as well. Who are building into this space so if you are a game developer if you are someone who is looking to build a browser-based games we have a lot of things for you guys to just 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 ping us uh over our discord channel you can find it at surrounder network or just directly mail me over at prashan at the surrounder network i'll be more than happy to jump in and help you guys out um the what are the what are the helps we can provide you uh we have a lot of uh funds who are waiting to deploy their capitals into the gaming uh, uh projects that is one thing the second thing is like at Sphere on we are also supporting the infra side, so let's say if you need your your web application, your data, your all of those things to get hosted on a decentralized infrastructure, we can incentivize your cost a lot so that you don't even have to pay for the next five to six months down the line. And uh, you, so so this is what uh, we kind of uh, like working on. Um, and yeah, for sure, I'm I'll be at Consensus as well as uh, Miami. So feel free to get in touch with me there in person as well once I'm there. Excellent. Thank you, Prashant. And um, second to last, let's hand it over to Rebecca. What can uh, folks look forward to this year from Saga and how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Adam. Uh, so Saga Train continues. Uh, we are taking our show to DDC next. That's Game Developers Conference. So Saga is focused on gaming and entertainment, which is why we will have a side event there. Um, it is going to be the premiere of the Saga multiverse. So we're going to have a keynote and a screening. Um, so we rent out a movie theater, uh, followed by a panel that features YTG, Animoca, Samsung, Polygon, and Immutable X. Uh, so if you guys can make it out to San Francisco for GDC, we'd love to see you there. Uh, we will also have our first in-person hackathon at Consensus this year at the end of April. So very excited about that. And um, the conclusion uh, of this particular train is going to be at ECC in July. Um, that's in Paris, and we will have our first Saga Summit there. It's a day-long event. It'll be a lot of fun. And um, we actually dropped uh, our, our second major protocol release uh, this previous Monday. Um, so to coincide with the beginning of ETH Denver, we dropped Cassiopeia, uh, which is a true chain to launch chains. You can consider it our DevNet, and uh, our innovators are building on it. They are launching chains on Saga uh, in an automated way. And we're continuing to refine that process all the way to Testnet, which will be released this summer. And then of course, Mainnet later this year. So lots to look forward to uh, at Saga. To get in touch with us, you can follow us on Twitter, Saga XYZ double underscore. You can follow me personally as well, just back Leo. That's also my Telegram handle. Uh, we've got a lot to share with you guys. So look forward to seeing you all. Cool, thank you so much, Rebecca. And let's uh, wrap things up here with Dave. Where can uh, what can folks look forward to from NIM, and where can they get in touch with you? Yeah, uh, so uh, we're 
currently um, talking to DJB, who's one of the best cryptographers in the world, about speeding up our MixNet cryptography, which is super exciting. We're releasing a zero-knowledge credential in the next few weeks that people can start to use, um, which eventually will become available to the entire Cosmos ecosystem. Uh, we are opening up our validators. Uh, so if anybody has a validator that they are interested in getting involved in a, in a, in a blockchain project, then uh, get in touch at at NIM project is probably the, the most reliable place that you can talk to us. Excellent. Thank you so much, Dave. And yeah, on the, quickly on the Akash side, uh, jump into our Discord channel. We have a bunch of community groups going on there where folks are contributing to the ecosystem. Uh, we're talking about a handful of events attending Consensus, ECC, of course, Cosmover is coming up this fall and a handful of others, but stay tuned to our Twitter for that. But uh, I want to wrap things up. Thank you all for joining today's call. I know it's been a long week. You earn some much-deserved rest. Hopefully next week you can get some time off. Um, but other than that, stay tuned to the Akash Twitter for more Twitter spaces. Jump into our Discord, and we'll let everyone go back to their days. Thanks for joining, and uh, as I always say, we'll see you in the metaverse. <laughs> see you guys later. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was Akash Network, live from ETH Denver, recorded on Saturday, March 4th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Now, if you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support now. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pay, checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody want to rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows, but then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo, I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio. Six feet, motherfucker, step the fuck back, doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack not everybody's always in it for the money looking like another crooked sunday and i'm working monday so you know i ain't stressing left debating great methods amazed to play inception the base stay blessed see even with these huge sums of overall royalties these sums of money that went to the record label per playback can seem insultingly small many rights holders are making around three quarters of a cent each time someone listens to one of their tracks leaving only some portion of that for the actual artist, they can't even say they're making pennies, pennies, pennies per play. Until they can figure out how to turn a profit, their future will always be in question. But for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund pennies, 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 pennies per play. Another day, another lesson. Living in the eighth dimension might be worth a little mention. Living in the Great Depression, got a real regal feel. Reeling in another sucker fish, out to make a deal just to make a motherfucker wish. Ah shit, now you only got two left. You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends. You know what I miss? Listening to excuses Now we're on the fence Like we forgot how to choose That's what happens When people don't know what's true In the dark eating bullshit up like a mushroom In the lunchroom Just trying to laugh it off Meanwhile foaming at the mouth Like a rabid dog Like a fake mate and called at the zoo It's looking like the view is getting disappointed too I'm working on the new shit Trying to produce it It's what I'm willing to go through When I'm making my music